Thanks for listening to the New Life Church Cersei podcast. Before we get into today's message, we want to remind you that if you'd like to get connected to what God is doing here in our local community, you can text the word Cersei to 88000 for more information. There you can let us know how we can be praying for you this week, get plugged into a life group, you can give online, sign up for a serve team, and so much more. We also want to let you know that you can join us live every Sunday in person at 9 or 11 a.m. or stream our 11 a.m. service live every week on Facebook and on YouTube. Finally, you can find today's message notes in the Bible app. Just tap the link in the podcast episode notes to follow along with us. Now let's get ready to hear a great message today. I want to um, talk this morning as a standalone. Um, This isn't a series. It's not the beginning of one. Um, It's just uh, a thought and uh, a standalone message. And so vacation season is upon us. How many of you guys have already been on vacation? Anybody here? Yeah. How many of you are going in a few weeks? Yeah, about half of you. That means half of you are going to give in the offering. Half of you won't today because you're broke. Um, but uh, we just got back from uh, Florida. It was like our 900th trip in 10 years uh, because that's where we always go. And so uh, we got down there, and uh, I, I love going down there. You know, the only thing is they know that they've, they've got you. So, like, you go to a restaurant for breakfast, you order beignets, it's 100 bucks, you know. So you're, you're going to get charged when, when you're down there. But in the spirit of vacation... I'm going to talk about some rules for the road today, and I want to talk about how to reach your destination safely. Now, of course, I'm going to apply this spiritually to us today, but some rules for the road and how to get there safely. Tom Cochran has this famous song called Life is a Highway, and the lyrics, I'm just going to give you the first verse, it says, life is like a road that you travel on. When there's one day here and the next day gone. And it's so true because as this lyric points out, we live out one day at a time. And when that one day is over, you don't ever get to back up. Now, your memory allows you to think about it, reflect on it, meditate, have regrets over it. But you can't back up. And the unfortunate thing about our build is that we, um, in, in, innately through our memory, we have a rearview mirror, but we don't have reverse. So you can see it, you can feel it, you can see the effects of it, but you can't reverse and go back and redo it. So you can't go back and redo your 20s, your college experience or your first marriage, or re-raise your children. You get one shot, and then at the end of it, that day's gone. And you can see it, but you can't go back. And so to give you some perspective with that, a rearview mirror is only 8 inches, but a normal windshield or standard windshield is 59 inches. There's a lesson in that, that we are, 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 are needing to look forward, Focus on the future. Occasionally you look back, you think about things, you reflect. Hopefully you grow from them. But the biggest part of our lives should be looking forward and what tomorrow can hold for us. So whether you're a person of faith in here this morning, whether you're waffling, whether you're just here to 
check things out or you're here because someone invited you, there's still some very common ground here among all of us. And that is that we all have a future that we want to get to and we want to get there safely. We want to arrive at a specific destination. So rule number one that I want to talk about this morning is this. Don't travel alone. Now, we we talk about this a lot. It's one of our core values about being together. Uh, We're better this way. I could get into all kinds of scripture about community, whether we start all the way back in Genesis where God says, hey, it's not good for man to be a, a alone. You can make all kinds of jokes there if, if, if you want to, but it's not good for us to be by ourselves. Now graduate that to the New Testament church. They were meeting together daily, breaking bread, having fellowship, being in community with each other, having all things in common. There was, there's a biblical principle about togetherness. So you've got to steal that voice and silence that voice in your head that says you can do it by yourself or I'm more comfortable by myself or that may be how you're made but God made me to be better by, my, by myself, okay? You are better in community. You just got to find the right tribe and I'll talk about that in just a second. So you are designed to be in community. You got a lot of friends, great. You got a small, intimate group of friends, great. You got no friends, not great. So regarding this, here's what we know. Who you travel with determines how well the trip goes, okay? Now, I don't know if you've ever traveled with people, gone on vacation with people. I don't know if you've had kids that you let them bring a friend on vacation, but How that interaction plays out determines how well your trip actually goes because it can be smooth and fun and entertaining and restful or it can be filled with drama. There can be a lot of things going wrong because who you're with determines how well the trip goes. Now, there is a trap to togetherness and it's called acceptance, We gravitate toward acceptance. So we're looking to be accepted. It's something that's in us. We all desire it. There's not a single one of you in here who would raise your hand and say, I don't want to be accepted. This plays out in every single season of our life or transition of seasons in our our lives. For example, you get out of high school, you go to college. These are people that you didn't go through, grade school, middle school, junior high, high school together. It's a new crowd from new, uh, new, new cities. And you are looking for a group to accept you. Sometimes when you leave a relationship, you're used to community. Having someone to check on and be checked on. And so when you leave, you have a gap in your life and you can fall into a trap of being with the first people who accept you. You move to a new city. You start a new church. You can fall in with the first group who who says, I'll take you. And the reason this is important is because the people who are in your inner circle will dictate to an extent the direction and the quality of your life. 
who is around you, who you're listening to, who you're sharing your life with. There is a, a rubbing off principle, just being around them and them being around you uh, creates an environment that can be dangerous or it can catapult you. So you can't just look, as, as a side note, you can't just look for people who share the same taste as you. This is not about having things in common. So it's not going, okay, I'm going to have, I'm going to invite people to my inner circle who like the same food that I like, who like the same movies that I like, who hate the same political agenda that I hate, or they're from the same generation that I'm in. You can't, you can't just have a taste. Um, you, you can't just pick because of taste. You got to find people who you share values with. And a simple definition of values is this, the things that are most important to you. So as you're on, on this journey through life, you want to bring people around you who share the same values. They can be different. They can like different things. But at, at the core, you want people to share the same things that are important to you. Now, I'm not trying to make people out to be bad. I'm actually talking about moving through or navigating through groups of good people to get to the right people for you. This is why, uh, you know, we, we will push a small group. Hey, everybody get into community. And before COVID hit, we had trained our largest group of life group leaders. It was like the vision was finally arriving of people seeing, I need to be with other people. And those groups are full of different people, but at the core, they share values. That's what keeps them on track. So again, to be clear, I'm not saying some people are unimportant. I'm not even saying some people are less important. I'm saying that the right people in your life makes a difference on how well the journey goes for you. So Solomon says it this way. This is Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20. He says this. Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise. Now, this means that if you walk with or you do life with wise people, you will, over time, become wise yourself. Just by being around them, just by having them in your car, just by being on the journey with them. When you are in community with wise people over time, that wisdom becomes yours, and you become wise. And this is a huge principle, so don't, don't let it miss. It shows us that life is connected, that what happens today really affects your tomorrow. Dumb things today result in waking up to dumb consequences tomorrow. Doing wise things today cause you to wake up in a wiser world tomorrow. There's a linkage. Now, it goes on in, in, in verse 20, but the companion of fools, it says, 
will suffer harm. All right? So whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. Now, the breakdown of this word fool means this. Someone who lives life without care. I'm not going to have you raise your hand, but I want you to ask yourself, have you ever had fools in your inner circle? At any season of your life, can you look in your rearview mirror for just a second and see that you let fools get into your life and there was a consequence because of their lack of care? This is that person that you hang out with and they say something dumb like, hey, listen, I'm going to quit my job so we can go to the iHeartRadio concert in Vegas. And they're like, but what about tomorrow? It doesn't matter. Let tomorrow take care of itself. That doesn't make sense to you. Why? Because it's foolish to think that I would create consequences after the concert when you got bills to pay. No one would do that who is wise. But here's the interesting part of this verse, okay? It says if you walk with a wise, you become what? Come on, y'all. If you become, if you walk with the wise, you become what? Wise. But this verse does not say, if you walk with fools, you become foolish. It says, if you walk with fools, you suffer consequence or harm. This means this. You, by hanging out with fools, will suffer from their consequence. Because of what they're doing, by default, you are associated with the experience and you will reap what they reap because you are around them, the consequence of their be 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 behavior. Now, when I was a teenager, I had a friend, had this great car, and he came to me and he said, hey, we're going to take my car and we're going to see how fast it'll go. And I said, well, that sounds wise. And he said, so get in. And I was in high school and in, in athletics, which means I had coaches, which means I had accountability. That's why I'm telling you that, that part. So I get in, and we're not heading the freeway. We're heading to neighborhoods. I said, no, why aren't we going into the neighborhoods? And he said, well, we're gonna, it's going to be like a racetrack. We're going to do a racetrack thing. So not like, not like a drag racetrack yeah racetrack so we get going through this neighborhood we come back we do a lap two by lap three we're we're really getting it and we slide sideways and we hit a mailbox and go into a yard that was manicured and we leave tire marks and the mailbox is tipped over as I'm getting out to assess the damage to the car and the mailbox and the yard my football coach comes outside. And I'm like, Coach, what are you doing here? And he's like, I live here. And then he was real kind and he said, You know, just pay for the mailbox. I'll take care of the yard. And we settled all this. But come Monday, I ran and ran and ran. He had me run. I said, When do I get to stop running? He said, When you puke, you can stop. I've never prayed for stomach discomfort more in my life. And I ran, and I, it was a consequence 
of just being involved in the circumstance. I wasn't driving, wasn't my car, didn't own it, didn't belong to me, but I was in it. And this is what Solomon is saying. You will pay consequence just by being around it. So bottom line is this. Take care or travel with people who take care of themselves. Because if they will take care of themselves, they will take care of you. And this is a life principle of taking care of self and others is a value that some people have. Travel with those people. The second rule, don't pick up strangers. Now, this leaves me to define the word stranger. And a stranger is this, someone who is strange. Is any, is, <laughs> my Lord, are y'all even here today? Okay. Since I know all of you, I guess I should say someone who's more strange than you are, okay? This is the person that you sit next to on the plane. You know what I'm talking about? Like, everybody prays the, the, the airplane prayer. You know, you sit down and you start going, God, this empty seat, I, I, I just pray. You see them coming down the aisle, you're like, that it's not him or that it's not her, and one time, uh, several years ago now, I spoke in Colorado, and when I was on my way back, they messed something up, and I got first class. They were like, we're going to put you in first class. And I was like, yes, you are. That sounds amazing. So I was settling in, stretching out, and I, I never fly first class. It was probably the only time. And as I'm sitting there, this lady comes and sits beside me. And she wants, you know, we're doing the whole, how, you know, where are you from? Why, why were you here? Et cetera, et cetera. And she begins to disclose, I was here this whole week to talk to the mountains. And, you know, I had like, you know she had like a singing bowl and, and, and all, all kinds of little instrumentation that she wanted to show me that she was doing. And then she wanted to tell me her conversations that she had with the mountains. I mean, that's fine. That's her prerogative. But I was not interested in her conversation. And I wanted to let her out, but at 40,000 feet, you can't just drop her off, you know. So I just endured it, and I got to the end. It was one of those experiences where you go, man, that was strange. Okay, we have an option that, to travel with or without strangers. And I'm not saying don't meet people. I'm not saying don't be friendly. I'm actually saying we can be kind to all. We can be compassionate to all, but be careful who you're allowing in to your vehicle for this journey. Be careful who's getting in the car with you. If you are living too close to fools who do not share your values, when it happens to them, it will happen to you. So I want to pause. I want to ask you a question. Do you have any strangers in your car? Do you have any strangers in your car? Now, if I tease that out, I would ask you this. Is there anyone in your life that makes you less healthy, makes you doubt yourself, or is slowly chipping away at your values? Anybody in, in your life that makes you less healthy, makes you doubt yourself, 
or slowly is chipping away at your values? If so, that's a stranger, and you need to drop them off. You can be kind to them. You can be compassionate to them. But this is not an optimal circumstance for you. Bring people into your inner life that bring you health, that catapult you, that encourage you, that lift you up, and you don't have to worry about managing their life. A big point here, God loves them, but you can't handle them. God loves them, God made them a certain way, but a lot of times these are personality shifts and differences, and it's okay. Accept that. You're not going to get along with everybody. You're not going to be BFFs with everybody. You should not be in your life's journey and car with everybody. you got to have people who are a right fit for you. So if we look at the car analogy, it would be this. You would not repeatedly loan your car to someone who repeatedly trashed it. So don't repeatedly loan yourself to someone who repeatedly trashes you. Rule three, it's kind of a combo. Choose a destination and borrow a map. Now that sounds strange in a GPS culture, but just stay with me. Choose a destination and borrow a map. When it comes to time, we all know time is going to continue. So whether you have goals or you do not have goals, whether you've got a plan or you don't have a plan, you are going to end up somewhere. The win is to end up somewhere on purpose, to get there, to know that it was planned. And just like a road trip has multiple legs or stops, day one we did this, day two we went there, our lives have different legs and stops. You can break these down in a lot of different ways. Uh, a typical example would be school. Okay, You've got grade school, and you experience it, and it comes to an end, and you go to middle school, and you experience it, and it comes to an end. You've reached the destination, and then you start junior high. And you experience it, you reach the end, hopefully, and then you graduate on into high school. And you experience it, and it ends. Or we can break that down by decades. You experience your 20s, then your 30s, then your 40s, and your 50s, and so on. Each with different goals that you have for life. Things that are important to you in that leg of the journey. Or you can do it by rites of passage. You have a season of dating, then you get married, then you have children, then you buy a home, then you have different experiences throughout different things that say you're moving forward. You have all kinds of ways to break down a destination or a leg on this trip. But it's important that each stop is determined by you, the traveler, this is not to say that a road trip will not have unexpected detours, that it will not have some flat tires, but the trip needs to have a destination so that you and those you're with know we've made it. We're on the right track. If you don't decide what your destination is 
circumstance will choose for you. You will reach a point in your life and you will ask yourself, how did I get here? How did I get here? One of the biggest questions that, that Adam was asked is, where are you? And there's some that you're still being asked this question. Adam, or where, where are you? What are you doing? What's going on? So again, life is connected. And wisdom dictates that we think through where we're going today because we will wake up there tomorrow. The more you prepare today, the less you repair tomorrow. So direction, not intention, determines our destination. A lot of people had good intentions, but they didn't have a destination. Let me give you an example of that. If I get in my car and with great intention, I'm wanting to reach the sugary sands of the, uh, the Gulf, and, but I get in my car and I drive north. I can drive north, I can pray, I can believe God, I can trust God, I can fast some meals. But I'm gonna end up in Canada because that's the direction my life is headed. So faith and trajectory have to hold hands or else you're gonna have great intentions your whole life but your circumstances are still gonna dictate where you're headed. You need to assess. Where am I going? If I keep making the same decisions I'm making right now, where's my life going to be in five years? Where am I going to be in 10 years? What's my relationship going to look like in five years from now? What's my finances going to look like in five years from now? If we stay on this course spiritually, where will I be in five years? The destination is important. To ask God to aim you, to direct you, to get a destination burning inside of you. When you have that and good intention, then you can turn back and say, look how far the Lord has brought me. Intentions never upstage direction. Second part to that is to borrow a map. And again, I know that sounds strange, but what I mean by this is this. Someone somewhere has already been where you want to go. And you need their map. Now don't, don't be strange and call them up cold and say, hey, I need to borrow your map. That'll, that'll be weird. But call. Call some people that you see that are ahead of you in life and ask them two, two questions or three questions. Hey, I've, I've seen you doing this. How do you do that? What did you have to do in your life to get from here to there? Just, just tell me in, in a conversation. Can we have coffee sometime? Reach out and borrow someone's map. When you realize that someone you're raising kids and you look over and someone has respectful children, ask them, how'd you do that? When you see people who are financially ahead of you, ask them, how did you get there? You're not being nosy. You're asking for them to share some insight with you. 
The Vernon Law, if you haven't heard it, says this. Experience is a hard teacher because she gives the test first and the lesson afterward. The only way to beat that is to learn what you don't know. So again, using Proverbs chapter 19, verse 20, he says this, and I'm, I'm going to end with this verse. He says, listen to counsel and accept discipline that you may be what? Come on, that you may be what? Wise. Watch this. The rest of your days. Listen to counsel borrow a map, and accept discipline that you may be wise for the rest of your days. This is such good news for us, okay? Let me plug this into some scenarios. So, Kevin, listen, uh, I'm not educated. I finished this, I finished that, but I dropped out, did that, whatever. You don't have to have things hanging on the, on the wall to have wisdom. You can be wise the rest of your days by listening to counsel and accepting discipline. Kevin, you really don't know my story. Like, if you were riding with me and you glanced over and you looked in the rearview mirror, it would scare you. Listen, you can have a story that is rich of learning experiences from your past and they may not be the experiences of the way that you wanted to learn them. But from that day forward, you can have wisdom the rest of your life. Your story and wisdom can ride side by side. Kevin, when I, when I think about God, I have a lot of mystery I have some conflict. I have some things that don't add up. Some things I really struggle with in my faith. Listen, let, let me normalize that. That's everybody in this room. Your mystery and wisdom can ride side by side. If you listen to counsel and accept discipline, you can have wisdom for the rest of your days. Borrow somebody's map. Ask the Lord to put you around people who can help guide you and direct you, give you counsel, and then take all of that in that you can and move forward. Change your trajectory if you need to. Look at your life. Let, let some strangers out. If you're alone today, man, if you've been riding solo, find a friend. Okay? Solomon basically says, to have a friend, be a friend. And maybe you haven't tried to be a friend for a while. This is one of the reasons that we're going to move to this one service. Let some people who don't know each other get to know each other. To see each other for the first time in years, maybe. It's a great opportunity for you to mix it up. For you to sit with somebody different. High-five somebody different. Say hello. Be in a life group with somebody different. Don't do it by, by yourself.